We have been exploring a value uh, for our church, a, a brand promise, if you will. And whether churches uh, want to say they have brand promises or not, they do. Uh, they have a DNA. They have a, 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 a culture. Uh, every church is unique. Uh, we're all preaching the gospel. We're all proclaiming Jesus. Uh, we're all doing, you're trying to lead people to Christ and help them grow in him. We all have our distinctions as churches, and uh, the idea that we've been talking about for the past few weeks is all together. Everybody say all together. All together. And uh, what we've been doing is just looking at this whole concept of how together grows your world. And how when God puts you with people, uh, your world expands, your world gets bigger. Um, and we talk, we've talked about being together in prayer, like not just acknowledging the idea that I go to a praying church, but I actually pray with my church, like in actuality. And I think sometimes we can get lost in the, in the theory of things and not actually execute in the action of things. Uh, we're talking about being all together in worship, uh, that worship is not just for the first few rows in church, but it's for everybody to dive in and clap those hands, lift those hands, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Uh, we talked about being all together in, in serving and, and really just making the graduation from just being a consumer in church life to actually being a contributor. And, and the truth is, the only way you're ever going to experience all God has for you is to, to move past being just a consumer. And I realize when somebody first starts coming to church or first starts their relationship with God, um, they in fact, just they, maybe they need to consume for a while. Maybe they need healing in their life. But five years, ten years down the road, uh, it's, it's time to just get up and get moving and, uh, and serve the purpose of God with the gift that God has given to your life. God has given every one of us a gift. And then we talked about all giving together. And we looked at 1 Corinthians 9 uh, about how uh, each one can make a difference. Today, I want to talk about being relationally together. Uh, the title of my message is Fitted Together. Uh, and I've actually been preaching this idea pretty much the whole life of our church. And the, the more I look at it, the more I think it's necessary to talk about this now more than ever before, because we are busier than ever before. We are more distracted than ever before. Uh, our schedules, are, we, in, in many ways, people are more affluent and, than, than ever before, which gives them the opportunity to go and be in a lot of different places. Uh, I, we are divided more than we've ever been before as a, as a country, as a nation. And people, even though they connect on, they have friends on Facebook, that doesn't always mean they have real friends. And this idea of, of connecting, of really realizing that uh, we've got to look after and be intentional about the relationships that God puts into our life. Uh, that we are cultivating meaningful relationships, that we understand that the relationships that we have, whether it's in your family or whether it's with your friends, whether it's your brothers and sisters in Christ, co-workers, all throughout life, your relationships matter a lot. 
Relationships are like, are they're like elevators. They either take you up or they take you down. The people you hang around with, you're going to eventually become just like they are. You're going to pick up on their attitude. You're going to pick up on their spirit. If they're dreamers and believers and going for life, it's going to inspire you to do it. If they're negative and they're cynical, it's going to be easy for that to get on you. And so there's absolutely no question to me that you and I are going to become just like the people we hang around with. And so it, it, we've got to realize this, and, and I think sometimes we can just let relationships just sort of happen, but the truth is we've got to make some intentional moves towards the right kind of relationships. When God was creating this world, uh, he was creating a world that he said, everything he created, he said, it's all good. And how many of you know God has created a good world there's a lot of beauty in our world. There's a lot of pain in our world, for sure. But there's a lot of good. And the first time, the first thing that God said was not good was when he saw man alone. And so Genesis 2, verse 18, the Lord God said, uh, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper. Somebody who can help him find stuff at the house. Come on, anybody, anybody, come on, man, just fess up. You need your wife, you, you, you need your helper. Uh, but I will make him a helper suitable for him. I, I think this idea is, is, is a very important, uh, that we understand that it, it's not good for anyone to be alone. And the more you're alone, the more you can get picked off. The more you're alone, the more you can have crazy ideas run around in your head. Come on. I'm, I'm looking at you right now to see. How many of you know, you spend too much time in the house by yourself and you could get the craziest ideas going in your head. And, uh, and, and that everybody, everybody needs the help of, of the right kind of people in their life. One of my favorite passages that helps us understand some of the value of relationships is Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So two is always better than one. Here's what you got to look out for, that you don't, you don't develop a mentality that says, everybody's out to get me or nobody really wants to help, or nobody has good intentions, or I don't have time for, for relationships and for people. You got to understand that it is really important to, to realize life is always better together. Two is always better than one. Two together is always better than isolated. And, and I, I, just as I was meditating on these thoughts, these scriptures getting ready for today, I just saw even another angle on this because it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. In other words, it's not just two people sitting together. It's two it's just doing nothing. It's two people who are laboring together, who are together in purpose and together on mission and shoulder to shoulder moving life forward. That, that we're better when we're laboring together. You have a different perspective on life when you're involved in it. 
when you just sit back and kind of watch everything, you know, you sit back and watch church and you have a judgment of it. But once you get in there and try to start helping things happen, you have a different outlook. Same with work, same with family, same with everything. People who have never had a child have a whole different perspective on raising kids than people who have kids. Come on. You, you can be, you'll be an expert until you actually have those kids. So there's something about together. Verse 10, Ecclesiastes 4 says, If either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. Woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up. And just to, just to say, everyone stumbles at some place, at some time. Everyone needs somebody to help them. The question is not, will you fall? The question is not, will you stumble? The question is, will you get back up again? You know, so, so, so everybody is going to stumble. Everybody is going to fall. That is going to happen in life. Life will throw something at you that you didn't expect, and all of a sudden you'll tumble over it, and you might fall down, but you've got to decide you're going to get back up again. And it's always easier to get back up when there's somebody in your life that says, let me give you a hand. Come on. I'm your friend, not just in the good times, but I'm your friend in the tough times as well. Verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 4 says, Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. Come on, that's a good thing in the winter. And how can one be warm alone? If one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him, and a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Relationship multiplies strength in life. Relationship strengthens your life. And just think, if you can get three people to agree, <laughs> wow, if you can get three people together, an incredible thing can happen. And I know some people look at this verse and they say, well, it's two people and the Lord. Well, that's a good thing, right? Or two people and a unifying purpose. That's a good thing. But how about three people who just agree and work together? That's a beautiful thing. So I want to look at a passage uh, in the book of Acts. This is the kind of the original ideas of what church is supposed to be all about. And I want to read a couple verses. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everybody say continually devoting. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind, in the temple or in church, and then breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Wow, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of right there. You know, when, when God thinks church... He had more in mind than a building to go to. 
A church is more than a building. I'm glad we have a building. You know, uh, just like I'm glad I have a house. The, but it's, it's, it's our uh, joint effort that makes the house a home. And, and to just think that I can attend a, a meeting at a building every once so often and really be in church, in the church, a part of the church, a part of the family is missing the idea altogether. Church is more than just a meeting to occasionally attend. I'm glad we have meetings. I love meetings. I love getting together. And I say, if we're going to have a meeting, let's make it a great meeting, right? But to be in a church, to be the church, is, means to be relationally connected with a sense of covenant with a family of people. It's not about adding a meeting to my schedule. It's about being relationally joined together. It's about sharing a life together. Church is not a meeting you attend. It's a life you share. Now, some of the, included in that life is us being at meetings together. But the reality is there's far more to it than just some attendance at a meeting. God wants to connect you to people. So I want to look at a few verses uh, that can help us understand some of this. Ephesians 4 verse 15 says we are to grow up. Everybody turn and look at your neighbor and say grow up. Come on, you've been wanting to say that to them for a long time. Grow up. <laughs> Anybody feel like they need to grow up? No? Okay. About 10 honest people in here. If you didn't raise your hand, we know you need to grow up. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted, everybody say fitted, Fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. This causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. That's a lot of great ideas packed into uh, one long sentence. The whole body is fitted together, held together. God, God has divine connections that are essential to your life. People that he wants to fit you together with. Without those connections, we are incomplete. There's a piece of my destiny in others that I never discover until I'm fitted together with them, until, until I'm held together with them. No one can fulfill their purpose in life alone. 
And yet all the forces at work in our culture, or maybe even within our own thinking or personality, tend to pull us apart instead of put us together. Your, your, your destiny, your, your best, God's best for your life is tied up in your connections, in your relationships, and who God is fitting you together with. And, and the reality is, not only is that essential for you as a person, but God's purpose in the earth cannot be accomplished alone. It can only be fulfilled corporately together. In other words, there's a call on us together that could never be fulfilled by us isolated. Together with others. Fitted together. I think some people have this crazy idea that, you know, Christianity is about just a relationship, me and Jesus. But Christianity is never about an isolated relationship with the Lord. When when a person accepts Christ as the Lord of their life, he joins you to his body. He joins you to his church. And let me take it a little further. He joins you to a church, like a real family. Not just the generic idea of family, but he joins you to a local church. And when you accept Christ... There's a family of believers that he wants to join you to, that he wants to fit you together with. Christianity is both vertical and horizontal, fitted and held together. I'm always hesitant to say some of these things, but I, I, I just want to say them. I, I honestly, I can't tell you how many thousands of people have come through this church, and I realize some of them have legitimately moved to another season that God intended for them, but I honestly believe that a big percentage have been picked off by the enemy because God's purpose is fulfilled together. So something went funky. Something went weird. That, you know, somebody didn't notice them or somebody said the wrong thing or, or my God, somebody acted, actually acted like a human in church and they decided that church is not all that important. And they, 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 they get isolated, and they miss the purpose of God. Proverbs 18, verse 1 says this, He who separates himself seeks his own wisdom, and he quarrels against all sound wisdom. Wow. If I say anything today that challenges your thinking... Uh, please know that I am not against you, but I am against the mindsets that it caused people to 
miss out on God's best for their life. So I'm here today to call us all to repent, which is change your mind, repent of isolation, and, and get this idea that you got to surround yourself with life-giving relationships. And that when you gave your life to Christ, he said, okay, I embrace you, now I'm fitting you in. And when you first start to get fitted in, sometimes you don't know if you fit, but he will fit you. Sometimes when you fit things together, you got to rub off some rough edges. Amen. I, I'm, not, I'm not a handyman, but, but I know sometimes you got to sand some stuff down. you gotta, you got to adjust a few things to make it fit together. Uh, uh, our, one of the philosophies of our ministry here at our church is, is we're one house with many rooms. So... Sunday morning we, is a room to us, and there are certain things that we are looking to accomplish in this room, but there's other rooms, uh, and one of those rooms is our rock groups, our, our small groups in church, and I, I, I think this idea of like getting in a situation where you really get connected, and if, all, if, you, never, if you never go beyond just attending a Sunday morning meeting at this church, then you have missed a lot of what this place has to offer. God, God wants to put us together on purpose. And I know, I really realize this. I mean, like, I can, I can see somebody's mind going, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> right? E Ephesians 2, verse 19, says, You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. You know, some, there's somebody that's going to listen to me today that thinks in their head, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. And I'm going to encourage you to take this verse of Scripture and meditate on it. And remember, this is God's promise, that you're no longer a stranger and alien. You are a fellow citizen with the saints. You are a part of God's household. Come on. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole body being fitted together. Everybody say fitted together. Is in whom the whole body being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom also you are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So the, pro the process of building is fitting the pieces together. I I'm not a good builder, but I've led a bunch of building campaigns. And I've watched with amazement as these guys fit these pieces together to build 
these facilities that we have. And I remember one time in particular uh, when we were building the annex and uh, we had just pulled in uh, an order of steel. I had to write a check for for $500,000. I'd never written a check that big before. Actually, all I did was sign it. I didn't write it. But it still was kind of painful. And I remember looking out my office window at all this steel laying on the ground that we had just spent half a million dollars on to be the skeleton to put that building together there. And I just had an insight that that steel was valuable, half a million dollars valuable, but it wasn't useful until it got fitted together. And I think there's a lot of people that are very valuable. Their gift is very valuable. But they are missing a level of usefulness because they're not fitted together. And un, un, unfitted unconnected is is rendered useless i'm not saying you are useless i'm saying you are valuable but in but building is connecting the pieces together so of course the enemy works hard to disconnect our lives of course one of the greatest areas of spiritual warfare is over our relationships. That's why you got to watch what's going on in your head. I'm serious because 2 Corinthians 10 tells us that's where the battle really is in your head. All those crazy thoughts you have. So you know there's an enemy that is working in your head putting ideas in there that wants to separate you from your spouse, wants to separate you from your kids, wants to separate you from your parents, wants to separate you from your church. It's the enemy at work because he knows what would happen if the church was built together, connected together. Anybody following me on this? Our greatest value is found in being connected. And and what this verse is telling us is that when we're connected, we become a dwelling of God in the Spirit. In other words, God's presence dwells in us in a much more significant way than God's presence just dwells in me. That that joining, that connection, that, that fitted together. I don't know if you've noticed this in the, throughout the Bible, how much God loves unity. How much God loves connectedness. It is a big part of the way that he makes life happen. And corporately, 
we possess and we carry a, a, a greater sense of the presence of God than we could ever do individually. My heart breaks when I see people that just pull away from church and just, you know, make up some kind of reason why they should not be a part of it anymore. And I'm thinking, what God wants to do is fit you together with, with some family of believers. Because connected, we carry the presence of God. Come on, if, if, it, if the presence of God in the earth matters to you, then you got to be willing to press through all the awkwardness of weird Christian people. Everybody say, I ain't weird. Yeah, yeah, but everybody else is. To experience the fullness of the presence of God, I need you. You need me. 1 Peter 2, verse 4 says, Coming to him, Jesus, as to a living stone rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, what this these two verses are telling us is that connected living stones makes a living spiritual house. It's when you bring life and I bring life that our church is full of life. And that's, that's what we're after. We want this place full of life. Right? Hey, we, want this, we want this to be a life-giving church. And connected makes you part of something so much bigger than you could ever accomplish on your own. One last verse of Scripture, and then I want to pray together. But Hebrews 10, verse 24 says this, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Connected People connect. Hello? Joined people join. They, they assemble together. Because when we assemble, we are being assembled together. And I realize that I, I'm kind of going upstream on some people, but... I believe this with all my heart. A person who says, I don't need to go to church. A person who says, I don't need to be part of a church. They've made up their own brand of spirituality. 
It's a, it's a, it's just kind of a pull. Maybe it's birthed out of disappointment. Maybe it's birthed out of hurt. Maybe it's birthed out of a funky attitude. Who knows? But I just want to say, anybody who says, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I don't need to be part of a church. They're, they've made that up. They didn't get that idea from the Bible. And this, this passage says, don't, don't forsake assembling together. Don't forsake the connecting moments. Because that's where you're going to find life. It says, it's the habit of some. I mean, you know, it, bad habits are easy. Anybody got any bad habits? Come on. Again, same 10 people raise their hands, and the rest of you just, you can't even admit that you have a bad habit. I can look at you and tell you got some. Come on. Habits. What you habitually do. For some people, they've made it a habit to go to church. Like it's a, it's a priority in their schedule. And they're, they're, they're connecting, they're assembling, they're being fit together. It's just a matter of habit for them. But it's easy to slip into a habit that starts to elevate so many things. And can't, I can't make it that often, usually means won't. Because we always end up doing what we really want to do. All of us, right? Uh, I, was, I was reading the thing Zig Ziglar said the, the other day. He said, too busy is a myth. Because people make time for the things that are important to them. So if somebody's too busy for you, that means you're not important enough to them. And if you're too busy to assemble, to connect, to get together, you've gotten too busy. I, I say this a lot because I really want it to be a part of our culture. You might as well, if, if, you, if you don't show up for church and somebody says, why, and you got all your reasons, just say, I ran out of peanut butter. Right? Because that excuse is as good as any excuse. Because ultimately, we choose to do what we want to do with our schedule, with our time, with, with what we do with ourselves. And this thing says the purpose of connecting is to encourage. To encourage one another. I know sometimes church can get a bad rap on not being supportive, but I just want to say this house, our goal is that your life is going to get lifted here, that you're going to get encouraged here, that, yeah, we're going to help. We are here for better, right? And there may be some people you might have to think about disconnecting from because every time you get with them, you get discouraged. You know, isn't it amazing that they put Thanksgiving 
and Christmas at the end of the year, and you got to go eat dinner with people that may not encourage you. The reality of connecting is God is assembling us. God is fitting us. When we assemble together, God is assembling us. He's putting us together. He's connecting us. And I really believe that for the purpose of God to prevail in the earth, we got to understand the tactic of the enemy to isolate. And we got to understand the heart of God to connect together. So I want to pray with you. I want you to bow your heads, please. And I want you to close your eyes. Father, I know that in this room, there really are so many stories that people would seem to have a good reason to disconnect, to isolate, to go their own way. But I am, I am praying that you will help us, Father, that you will speak into our hearts and help us to realize the value of being connected to people who bring life to us and that those people are still there that that is a strong reality that you have for every one of us. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, you know the thing that pulls us all together, the chief cornerstone, if you will, is a relationship with Jesus. Some of us would never have the opportunity to connect. We've come from so many different places in life. We're even in different places in life right now, but there's something about a relationship with Jesus that helps us connect. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I don't even know if I have that in my life. I don't know that I've ever really submitted my life to Jesus. And I know I, I want to do that. I need to. I, I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you recognize that there was a time when you used to be closer to God than you are now. Where you used to be more intimate in your relationship with God, but things have drifted or something's happened and now you're not in a great place in your relationship with God. You're here for a reason today. It's time for you to come home to your father who loves you more than you could imagine. Or maybe you're just here and you don't feel confident. You don't feel sure about where you stand with God. I just want to take a moment to pray. Everybody's head is bowed, please. Every eye is closed. But if you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I, I need to surrender to Jesus, or I want to come back, or I want to know for sure I'm right with God. I want to feel confident about that. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand real high all over this room and say, yes, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, anybody else that just across this room that just wants to say, yes, I want to open my heart. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? This is not a call for you to get your act together. This is a call for you to surrender your heart to a God who loves you. Anybody else? Thank you, guys. You can put your hands down now. Thanks so much. Hey, let's all pray together. This is for everybody who lifted their hand, but I would love for us all to pray this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life, I open my heart to you, to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. <laughs> I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I've messed up. But I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Help me 
become the person you created me to be. Amen.